Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. This is Julie Boyer, and I'm very excited that you've chosen to listen to this episode with Adele Anderson today. It is a great one. I really, really enjoyed my time with Adele and I learned a lot and you will too. So make sure that um, if you've got a notebook handy or maybe the notes section on your phone, there's definitely going to be some stuff that you'll want to take note of. Now, I've mentioned that we are still in the middle of our 30 days of gratitude challenge for the month of October 2020. If you want to join us, you can do so at any time. If you go to my website, wakeupwithgratitude.com and just check out my most recent blog post, it tells you exactly what you can do to join us for this 30 days of gratitude challenge. I even give you a grid with some ideas on what to post if you're doing it through social media. Doesn't matter if you didn't join us on the 1st of October, you can start at any time and just use that hashtag 30 days of gratitude challenge so that I can find your posts and cheer you on. Last thing I want to share with you is I have some exciting news. I am in the midst of putting together a calendar for 2021. So by the time uh, probably next week's episode comes out, I will have that set up in my store, at least for pre-order. But of course, we are getting towards the end of this year. So the orders, of course, will have to be placed very quickly to make sure that you have them for the beginning of 2021. Can't wait to share those with you in my store at wakeupwithgratitude.com. Adele Anderson survived as a passenger on a small plane that crashed into a river when she was only 27 years old. This near-death experience had a profound effect on the direction of her life. She discovered NLP a few years later and is now an NLP trainer, teaching others effective life skills for coping, removing emotional pain, and updating outdated beliefs and behaviors. Our discussion includes the critical role of gratitude and mindset and how we can learn to better communicate with our kids using NLP techniques. Adele uses these techniques during our interview, and I was surprised at how they effective they were to help me better understand NLP itself. So please welcome my very special guest, Adele Anderson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I have another very special guest. I'd like to welcome Adele Anderson. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Julie? Oh, well, I'm so excited to be here. As I've mentioned before, my highlight of my week is doing my podcast interviews. And I love meeting new people. And Adele and I have only known each other for a very short time, but I knew from the first time that I heard her speak that she was someone that I wanted to learn more from. So Adele is a life coach and an NLP trainer. She's the host of the Mind Your Freedom podcast, and she has an incredibly powerful and terrifying story of how she survived a plane crash. And when I read her story uh, on her website, it gave me chills just reading it. And I thought, this is incredible that you know you took this near-death experience, 
came out of it. And now years later, you are just transforming so many people's lives through your work. So I knew that um, the audience here, the, you know, the gratitude ambassadors, everyone just really needed to hear how you've become, you know, the Adele that you are today after going through something really, really frightening. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing your story with us, because I'm sure everyone wants to hear about it uh, after I've introduced you. Aww. Well, thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here. I really am grateful for the opportunity to to just engage with you and to talk with your followers. Um, the, I'll give you the quick story. Is I was 27 at the time. I was out flying in a small plane with a friend. And we were, it was just coming to sundown and we were heading back to the airport. And the pilot decided that he was gonna do what's called a skip and go off a river that was way down below us. So he pointed down there just as the plane sort of nose dived without a care of the world, we pummeled towards the earth. But when the plane hit the water, it flipped. He had forgotten to raise his landing gear. And when those pontoons made contact with the water, that plane flipped so fast. And I saw him go under and I went to take a breath of air and my mouth filled with water. So instantly in less than a the time that it can take to blink your eyes. I was upside down in a capsized plane that was filled with water. It was dark, it was cold, the sun went down. Um, nobody had seen us crash. I knew there would be no 911 call. And I had a mouthful of water as the plane continued to twist and turn in the current. And um, it didn't take very long, even though I don't know how long I was under, um, that I could feel the energy leaving my body you know, that tingling sensation, if you ever tried as a kid to swim underwater as far as you could go, and you knew that you had to come up. Well, that started happening to me, and I, and I had been a lifeguard, so I knew very well what was happening. And just as I had that thought, I wonder if I'm going to die, because I, I had not been successful to get out. Um, the three-point harness had been tangled around the life jacket that I'd been wearing, and everything was very confusing, gravity, things bumping me on my body and on my head, um, just being upside down. And, it, you know, a new situation, as we know, can be confusing. And with that thought, what happened was my life began to flash in front of my eyes. I didn't think it was a very good thing to have happen. <laughs> But it did, and it, it went through like millions and millions of images, right from my birth all the way through my death. And then it carried on. And inside my head, I had a vision of what would happen if I actually was to die. And that was my parents being informed. So that vision of RCMP officers, you know, informing them of my death. And I watched their facial expressions change in this vision inside my head. And then my mom collapsed to the floor and she screamed. And she screamed really loud inside my head. And that kind of snapped me back into my situation that <laughs> I'm drowning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drown inside this plane. And I said, no chance of that. I made a vow at that time. I was getting out of the plane. I was getting out of it now. And there was no question about that. And this is where it got very interesting. So with that um, direct choice, that direct, concise 
ask, my brain made a very powerful switch. And all of those images that had flashed forward in time began to go in reverse back through, you know, hundreds, millions of images. And then the images stopped. And sitting in front of my mind's eye was a scene from a movie that I'd watched decades before. And I didn't know the, the name of the movie or the actors or anything about the movie. But what was right in front of my mind's eye gave me the information I needed to escape a plane that had crashed and overturned in water. And it was a commander training young pilots in a pool setting how to do that. And I actually followed the script and I escaped the plane. So I always say, you know, even in life's most dire circumstances, out of breath, out of time, we still have the ability to make choices that can change the trajectory of our life. But it wasn't until I learned NLP that I really learned the reasons behind my survival and how that happened within my mind. Wow. I, first of all, you are an excellent storyteller. I really felt like I was there with you in the plane, which is frightening, but also really powerful to, to feel how that must have felt for you. Now, may I ask, like, did your pilot friend also survive? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, okay, he did, which okay. was amazing. He was in longer than me and he was out of shape, <laughs> definitely out of time. He was vomiting when he hit the surface. I had dived back in off of the pontoons three separate times trying to find him, but it was so black. It was so, we were moving so fast in the river and, um, I never did find him, but we sort of breached the surface of the water on my third return. And he was there sort of hanging over the, the pontoon vomiting. So it was very, very close. Um, but we were both very fortunate to survive. We know that it happened this spring, right? In the, in the Fraser Valley. They no, you did not mention that, which means the water was also freezing and moving quickly and lots of water. Yeah, and oh. it was, um, well, sorry, no, but it happened this fall or this spring in the Fraser River for other people. Oh, it happens. No, I, I did not. I missed that. I, I missed that that happened. Again. Yeah, they, they didn't find them. They've never, I don't think they've ever found the plane. It, yeah. it really is shocking that this actually, I mean, I, you know, depending on the, how you think and what you believe, I mean, there definitely is. I do believe that things happen to us for a reason. It doesn't mean a good reason necessarily, a bad reason, but there are things that happen and you and the pilot survived this and you took this experience to really shape the next number of decades of your life. And that's what's so interesting is we all go through experiences that are challenging. We all face difficult things and um, what's difficult for me might not be difficult for you and vice versa, but that doesn't make it a challenge or an obstacle. And I love that you took something that could have really taken you out, could have really had you live in fear for so long and you went the other way. What do you think it was that allowed you to, to just go the other way as opposed to living in fear? Was it the discovery of NLP or how did that happen? Yeah, I didn't discover NLP right away, but I, my curiosity went to the mind-body connection. Okay. And I wanted to know how, if I could 
access that type of power inside my mind when I was very close to dying with very little oxygen in my system? Why couldn't we have access to it every single day? Because the power was immense and the ability to do what I asked, which is now I know is the purpose, one of the purposes of the subconscious brain. But I think what happened within my mind was gratitude. I was so grateful that I got another chance, that it was a gift. And I took that and I found wonder in the world. I mean, I stopped to smell the roses and it doesn't mean that I didn't get sidetracked like life is like that. But I had been given an opportunity to do it again and to do it better, to find a new way. I love it. I, as someone who also has survived a a near-death experience and almost losing my life, for me, you know, waking up from being in a medically induced coma for a week, I really did go towards gratitude. I really did choose to, you know, really think like I feel what it feels like to wake up with gratitude because I woke up today. And I feel that on many days, but just like other, you know, like everybody else, right? There's still challenges that come up, but every time I'm reminded of the fact that I get to live another day and that I choose to, I have the choice when I wake up where I take my day. And I, I hear that in what you're saying. You uh, mentioned just before we started recording that you just recorded an episode of your podcast, which is the Mind Your Freedom podcast. And you mentioned a book that might be beneficial for those that feel right now that they're just facing a lot of challenges and difficulties. Can you share that with everyone for us? Yeah. It's a book that I'm reading as part of a coaching program that I am in. I do have a coach myself. And um, it's Ryan Holiday. It's available on Amazon, both as an audiobook or hardcover or as a, you know, a download. And it's The Obstacle is the Way. So what stands in our way becomes the way. And it goes way back into you know, the earliest mentors in our history that recorded history and how there's a certain mindset that allows us to overcome adversity and to take that adversity and create fortune from misfortune. I was listening to a podcast that talked about the Buddha and how the Buddha really understood. So his, I didn't really know this about the Buddha. I had not studied um, a lot of Buddhist teachings. So uh, this story of the Buddha, and I'm very, you know, reducing the story very quickly and paraphrasing, but, you know, he was, his father cared and loved for him so much that he wanted to shield him from all this suffering and shield him from, you know, what happens to humans as we age and that all of that suffering was shielded from him. And that actually, when he finally got out of the palace and saw and was shown the suffering, right, put in front of him, it's that understanding that it, human existence and suffering are not two separate things. And I really love how you said it's about, you know, the obstacle is the way that's where the teaching goes. And that's part of who we are as human beings. And then our choices and what we do after is what really helps us to, I guess, to grow, right? So how does NLP fit into this? You know, if I'm really struggling right now, if I'm 
having a lot of obstacles and challenges and I am having a hard time. How does NLP help with that? So I'm going to ask everyone if they have a pen in front of them that has a cap. Okay. So you can pick up a pen. And even though you may be only holding the pen by one end, you can see that you hold the entire pen, right? So we can say that on one end that we're holding is choice, the other end is consequence, it's inevitable, right? On one end, there is a choice that we have an obstacle stand in our way, and then that's inevitable. But what is in between the two ends is what we do with that choice, what happens inside our mind the mindset that we have, because we know that we've all overcome obstacles. And what was the difference? The difference was what we did with that obstacle, the choices that we made, the attitude that we had. So with NLP, what we can recognize is that when we feel adversity, we have a certain biology. So when we imagine that, the biology is the choice that we made, the attitude that we have creates a chemical concoction, a biological recipe that flushes through our body that can either paralyze us mm -hmm. if it's negative, or if we feel excited or opportunistic, then that chemical concoction is of a positive nature. And when it's positive, you can imagine that it releases this cap and allows us to move through life without feeling the challenge of that obstacle, right? Okay. So we have a choice of releasing anything from our life by creating positivity. And one of the very effective ways, which has been known over time, we called it attitude, but now we call it a gratitude attitude. And the reason why is because our brain only works in two ways. If we can imagine that we've drawn a line down the center of a piece of paper and the left side, and we're just using that as a way to explain it, is negative or fear-based and the right side is either positive or gratitude-based. And when it's on the right side or the gratitude side, then we're flushing the, prop the proper physiology for not only good health, but for us to overcome adversity. And so our choice to always check to see what side of the paper we're on. And that's what neuroscience allows us to do. And with NLP, I can quickly release those negative neuropeptides, little sticky neuropeptides, that's all they are. <laughs> so we call them emotional baggage and they, make, they sound really heavy. <laughs> But um, we can quickly release that cap okay. of that negativity and allow the positivity to naturally flow within our system. And when we do that, just like the cap and the pen become two separate things, we move forward in life because that neural pathway that's been a go-to road, the old road to wherever, <laughs> has been rerouted rerouted into a positive way where you're going to see flowers and trees and birds and bees and oh. so that you'll be able to you know enjoy this journey that you're on so nlp is a is a great way for you to do that with and it's easy it's natural and it's effective 
I really love that you shared this analogy because I've, I've had a few people talk about NLP on the podcast and I think it's still a mystery for a lot of people exactly how it works and what it can do and how it can help us. And I know this is just one example, but it makes sense. And I appreciate that. It may kind of made me understand NLP a little bit more than I did before. So I really appreciate that. And that I'm going to think of that too, is, you know, the, the two sides of the page, I often talk about, you know, the opposite of fear is not, is not hatred. It's, you know, it's love. It's, it's gratitude, right? So, cause we cannot coexist in fear and gratitude at the same time. The two emotions do not actually live in the same, at the same time, in the same place. So what are some gratitude strategies that maybe you use with your clients or even I'd love to hear about ways in your own life that you're using gratitude strategies? Mm-hmm. So I use several things. So one of the things that we recognize is when we are in a state of fear or when we're in a state of worry, again, that biology exists, just like the cap and the pen go together. We cannot avoid if worry creates the the negative physiology. It just is the way it is. Okay. So what we want to do is quickly remove ourselves from that way of being. And I can call, use one that's called 54321. So I'm just holding up my hand and um, how we quickly move, like driving a standard car and needing to switch from first to second. So taking us out of fear and back into gratitude is we can see five things that we're grateful for right now, four things that we can hear that we are you know, grateful for because we have a sense of hearing three things that we can feel on the outside of our body that we can be grateful for, or even just identifying them, what we can smell and what we can taste. By rerouting our brain, like changing from first to second gear in your car, what we've done is we've moved from an emotional way of thinking into a cognitive function of identifying things. So whether we're identifying gratitude or we're just identifying the fridge or the lamp or the light switch, we have effectively moved in our brain into our rational neocortex. So that is one way that we can practice. When we are being more intentional, then we can simply recall things that we're grateful for, which is even stronger because when we have what I call a tri-factor, when we can visualize something that we're grateful for, when we can picture what we're grateful for, when we can hear what we're grateful for, we've created a very strong neural pathway in our brain. It's like what secretariat <laughs> winning the winning that the triple crown, yeah. right? And when we win, win the triple crown, we have created such power inside our brain that it lasts. And the thing about gratitude and attitude is we all have access to it, but it also, it's like, um, it's like putting money in your piggy bank. It, it builds up equity. Right? We can store it and it starts to change who we are and how we focus our entire world. So these are valuable life skills. You said it right there. It is a valuable life skill. And, you know, I've been doing my work with gratitude now 
Oh, for, I guess, close to a decade. Um, I wrote my book, 30 Days of Gratitude, back in 2013. And which is so funny because when I wrote the book, because I had been doing gratitude work and, you know, small group and coaching and things like that, and I wanted to put my book. My book was actually um, the way that I dealt with my first uh, traumatic miscarriage. So I have a daughter, she's 10. I had two miscarriages after her. The second one is when I was in a medically induced coma. And the first one, um, I had a traumatic miscarriage at home. I gave birth at home at 15 weeks, had to call EMS, police broke down the door. It was very, very traumatic. Uh, Went to the hospital, had surgery. It It all happened so fast. And I remember though, that when I got home that night, I wrote in my gratitude journal, which seems to make no sense whatsoever. Like how on a day, which was at that time in my life, the worst day that I'd ever had, could I find things to be grateful for? And it was because I'd had the habit at that time, I'd been writing my gratitude journal every single night for almost two years. I had already built up the life skill and the practice of finding something to be grateful for every single day, specifically for that day. And so even in that moment, even though I had been to the hospital and lost a child, I found things to be grateful for in that moment. And that was the real beginning for me of my gratitude journey. I wrote the book sort of over the next 30 days. It helped me get through because I was focusing on gratitude for you know the next four months went to, from idea to book launch. That is really what I focused on. And I do believe now looking back, I can say, okay, that was a time when this gratitude really saved me from, you know, I a lot of things happen when, you know, women lose a child like that. And it's, it is that gift of the life skill that allowed me to, to go in that way without even thinking about it. I didn't consciously say I'm going to focus on gratitude now. I just continued doing what I had practiced. So I, uh, it's interesting. You just said that today and it was the first time I really realized how um, that life skill of gratitude got me through a really, really big challenge. So I think you said something about how we've been through difficult times before and it's just a matter of remembering how to get through them again. I think you talked about that. Yeah. And thank you for sharing. That was a um, you know huge trauma. But where my, man, my mind went with it is that you had created, um, I do this one with my grandchildren, that when we feel a certain way inside our body, what is the go-to mechanism, right? And your go-to mechanism was gratitude. So that's where you, instead of dropping down a rabbit hole, which could have been devastating, you know, and more suffering, your brain took the road to gratitude because it's been trained that way. Right. And we all have an opportunity to do that is to set up, it's like setting up a safety net. It's like having an RSP, (laughs) you know, we do it for other things. It's like buying a winter coat because the winter's coming, Yeah. right? So we naturally do these safety net protocols. You know, we make sure we have food in the fridge. We make sure that we've got hydro, that we can turn on the lights, right? But what happens inside our mind? right? The number one thing is to take care of us, right? We become our own caretaker. And one of the ways that we can do that is to set up these safety nets, to build that reserve inside of us. And a really practical, free 
<laughs> yeah. Natural, powerful yeah. is gratitude. I just, there's some really great things that you're saying about, um, you know, we, when we first spoke before I started recording, you said, Oh, you know, Julie, you probably already know all these things about gratitude. And I said, I might, and I might have some point, but you, I hear things differently when someone else says it back to me, right? When you share things that I might've understood or known about gratitude before, it sounds different and it makes sense in a different way. And it helps me to grow my gratitude practice. And you know, that's the thing is I am still practicing gratitude and I am still working very hard to, um, continue this life skill and this life practice. And I know that, I can do better. I know that there have definitely been moments over the past few months where there has not been love in my heart. And I have treated uh, strangers poorly, not of their fault, but because I was feeling angry or frustrated and upset and I was taking it out on someone else and not of their even reasoning. And that is why we continue to practice these things. We continue to do these things every day. So if someone is really, they're like, okay, I really need to learn how to do this. I want to learn from Adele. Uh, how do we work with you? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. So people have different options depending on what they're looking for for their for themselves or if they have clients that they are also working for. Um, NLP is all about communication and how our mind first and logically downloads information from the world through our senses, what we see, smell taste, hear, feel emotionally and kinesthetically, but then how we sort of regurgitate that back out as language. And then how do we build rapport and um, communication with others? Okay. So that's one of the small things that NLP does, but it translates into everything that's happened on this podcast. And I would like to reveal that why it may the message may sound different is because I'm using NLP as I'm dialoguing. So I'm using story and I'm using metaphor, which means that I bypass the big thinker that wants to find a better way. I know more. I bet I don't agree with her. I don't, I don't resist. I resist. And I'm just loading it into the subconscious brain as a vision because that's how the brain downloads. In this particular brain, 100 to 140,000 miles per second, downloading 40,000 bits of information per second. This brain, the greatest, latest invention from mankind, is operating at about 120 miles per hour and downloads 40 bits of information, retains seven. I don't really want to talk to this brain. <laughs> I want to talk to the powerhouse. You know, we give the analogy of um, an iceberg. And what we see on top is the greatest, latest invention, the neocortex, but the power is behind, it's, it's under the water, right? So these are the, the secrets of maybe why this information sounded different today is because I'm actually using NLP. And why it's important for listeners is, for example, if you have a teenager <laughs> and you want, you want to bypass the resistance of your teen, you can talk like this too. So not only is the communication important, but then how do we build life skills to remove anxiety? 
you know, it's causing a lot of problems for humans across the world. You know, they're saying preteens are committing suicide during, since this pandemic, it's up. I can't even tell you how many, like four or 500%. Like it's, it's shocking. It's sad. It's, it's um, horrifying. Must scare the pants off of um, parents, you know, and there's ways that we can give these kids life skills. There are, you know, there's chronic stress in all people's environments. There's life skills that we can easily adopt, like gratitude, one of, you know, hundreds that I have in my toolkit, that we can ease that coping mechanism. So if you think of your stress level as being a ladder, say you're putting your Christmas tree lights on and you put the ladder up against the side of the house, right? And you climb up the ladder and you look down and it's a long ways down there and you maybe get that like, oh, I'm going to fall feeling. Well, this means that you're getting to the top of your coping mechanism. And what happens if the ladder begins to slide, right? So we've stepped out of our coping mechanism and the ladder is no longer, there's no more place where we can go. We haven't reached that top Eve yet to hang on or else we're going to just hang on there and hang or we need some coping mechanism so that we can get down that ladder safely right and NLP gives us the tools to do that so that we're not always living at the high end of our stress levels where we're creating almost every disease on the planet kills leading indicator for heart disease kills more men and women than any other cause and it's something that we can do something about. And crossing through the three stages of stress where people die without even knowing they had a problem, those markers are invisible because we're numbing them, right? <laughs> so, you know, we have a glass of wine, we take Prozac, we yeah. do whatever it is that we're doing to cope. But there are natural ways that we can utilize our brain's capacity to rewrite this story and give us our power back. And NLP does that. And it does it naturally and easily. And it does it in minutes and hours rather than years. I can tell you absolutely. Because <laughs> oh. I work all day long and it's just like, huh, what a relief. So amazing. I love this. And you know, as we wrap things up, I really would love to direct people to where they can find out because you've got some upcoming courses that people can do. I think that you have a group certification program coming up. So where do we go to find this information? Yes. I'm just having my website revamped. I've okay. reduced a lot of the offerings on my site so that it's um, an easy go-to. So lifecoachadel.com is my website and you can click on work with me or you can pick click on NLP training. You know, I have done workshops for parenting groups. I've done workshops for PTSD groups. And I've done a lot of um, certifications for people that either want it for themselves, for their own life skills, um, add-ons for coaches, therapists, psychologists that just want these tools because the biggest obstacle that we all have is ourselves. <laughs> Our self-limiting beliefs, number one cause why we, you know, we feel like we are not getting where we want to go in life. And it doesn't have to be that way. So, um, you know. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. And you're also on Facebook? I am. I'll, I'll give you my link. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. 
Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure all those links are in the notes for the video and the podcast so people can access them easily. Adele, I have really, really enjoyed this time, not only getting to know you as a person, but really um, a deeper understanding of NLP and how it works. And I guess you're a master because I didn't really know until you told me at the end that you were using some of those techniques as we were speaking, which I love because there's nothing better than just feeling like, you know, it's a part of who you are and how you speak. And it, it uses these excellent techniques that I think it can help so much. You mentioned about parenting and teens and all these things are really, really important right now. So I encourage our listeners to take a look at your website and connect uh, with Adele, especially if you've been curious about NLP before, I think Adele would be a fantastic person to connect with. So thank you so, so much for being a part of this. I'm so grateful. Thank you for the opportunity this morning and so enjoyed meeting you. And I know that we'll see each other again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks, Adele. Hey friend, thanks for listening right to the end of the podcast. Did you learn something new? Was there some gratitude tip that you'll be able to apply in your life? If there was, or if you'd like to share this podcast with a friend, it would mean so much if you took the time to maybe share the link on social media or send it to a friend in a text message or even post to your stories and tag me in it. You can easily find me on social media. My tags are at wake up with gratitude photo, both on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else I can be found with my name, which is Julie C M B O Y E R. So that's Julie C M Boye on all other social media. I love getting to know the people that are listening to my podcast. I love hearing from you and let me know which episodes have made a difference in your life. Thanks for listening in. I appreciate every single minute that we share together on the podcast.